Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast. Today's Thursday, April the 29th. I'm Richard Woolley, editor in Reorg's London office, and today we're going to have a special edition of the podcast devoted to our Central and Eastern Europe, Middle East and Africa product. Emerging Markets reporter Bianca Bora and legal analyst Shan Qureshi are going to talk about the current situation at Turkish-based company Global Ports Holdings. The group has been trying to restructure its $250 million notes due 2021 for the past few months and has faced difficulty in agreeing a deal with its note holders. Bianca, perhaps you could start by providing uh, some background on GPH. What started the restructuring negotiations and how did the group react to COVID-19 during 2020? So Global Ports Holdings problems started last year when the global cruise industry shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. GPH operates 19 ports in 13 countries and serves about 14 million passengers a year. In March last year, the group's $250 million senior unsecured notes reacted to the early disruption caused by COVID by tanking 44 points to the low 50s. Investors grew concerned about the group's ability to refinance the notes, which mature on the 14th of November this year. GPH previously tried to refinance the notes in 2018, but that was postponed as geopolitical tensions in the US and unchecked inflation put severe pressure on the Turkish lira and the bonds. The notes gradually climbed back up to the 70s in July last year, as the group was in talks to sell Port Ekdenis to pay down the notes. Management also said at the time that the business could survive until 2022 with zero revenue from cruises. It also said that the group could raise debt at the operating company level in the various jurisdictions in which it operates. In May 2020, the group's Nassau cruise port did just that and managed to raise a $150 million 8% bond through a private placement. By the third quarter of last year, the COVID impact had hit the group's earnings hard. Cruise revenue was down 92% year over year to $1.9 million as passenger volumes almost disappeared at 11,000, down from 1.6 million the year before. Adjusted EBITDA collapsed by 89% year over year to $3 million, driven by cruise EBITDA falling to negative $2.9 million. In October, the group had found a buyer for Port Agdenis as Qatari commercial port operating company, Q Terminals, agreed to buy it for an enterprise value of $140 million. The group received net proceeds of $115 million after the sale closed on January 26. Management also said it was looking to sell the group's only other commercial port, Adria, as the group is moving towards being a pure cruise operator. However, a sale of Port Adria has yet to materialize. Towards the end of last year, bondholders started to organize and appointed Hogan Lovells to advise on discussions on the outstanding notes with the company. The company, however, did not engage with the group of bondholders. Okay, so bondholders organized at the end of last year. How did GPH engage with them and how did the refinancing get started? In what is a very unorthodox approach, the company decided to launch a refinancing proposal, which would be implemented through a UK scheme of arrangement without discussing the deal with the note holders first. The move was risky as the scheme requires consent from 75% of the note holders to succeed in court. It is usual practice in the restructuring schemes that Reorg has seen for companies to reach out to bondholders with a proposal following negotiations prior to commencing a scheme. 
Usually, a debtor would also have a significant portion of its voting scheme creditors signed up to a lockup agreement beforehand. The group argued at the time that this approach was taken to accelerate the timeline of the refinancing ahead of its coupon due on May 14, as well as the maturity on November 14. Okay, so what was the initial proposal that the company tried to implement via the scheme? The proposal entailed exchanging the existing notes, which are unsecured, for new notes, which mature in 2024, and are secured against the shares in a newly incorporated UK subsidiary called Port Finance Investment. The notes were also issued by this new UK entity. The new notes would have 6.5% interest in cash and 8% pick toggle until May 2022. The notes will no longer be guaranteed by Port Actinis. The size of the notes would equate to the remainder of the debt after the group tendered up to $85 million of the notes through a Dutch auction process for a price between 80 to 100. The tender would be financed by the proceeds from the sale of Port Actinis. The group said that the note holders would benefit from improved structural features and from credit enhancement in the form of a share pledge, a cash sweep and guarantees. The group also argued that the English issuer, which has a diversified revenue stream away from Turkey, facilitated a jurisdictional shift. The group argued that this shift justified the lower pricing for the new notes and that the pricing was in line with competitors in the market. Gleacher Shacklock acted as the group's financial advisor and Baker McKenzie as its legal advisor. After the proposal came out, the notes climbed up to the mid-80s. Thanks, Bianca. Shan, you were following the group's scheme hearings. Can you talk us through what happened? Yes. So as Bianca said, the group scheduled a convening hearing in the English High Court before Justice Snowden on the 4th of February. And this was without any prior serious engagement with its noteholders. The court hearing itself attracted some criticism of the proposed scheme by the judge who noted that bondholders had not been given an acceptable amount of time between receiving notice of the scheme and the convening hearing. Therefore, the explanatory statement, as instructed by the judge, needed to be updated to reflect that dissenting creditors, the scheme creditors, could later make submissions and potentially challenge challenge on the basis of the short notice of the sanction hearing without prejudice. The judge further asked for clarification about a success fee arrangement that had been agreed between certain noteholders and their financial advisor for $1 million. The group had to return to the court on two further occasions to provide the judge with witness statements and further information following the initial hearing. The judge, however, indicated that he would allow GPH to proceed to the creditors' voting stage of its scheme of arrangement for just a single class of creditors, subject to him receiving the further evidence about that financial advisor fee and also an updated explanatory statement to the one that was initially submitted. Um, GPH eventually cancelled its scheme before the creditors' meeting, And this was because the group didn't feel that it could get enough uh, support from its note holders. That means that it didn't feel it could get the requisite 75% required to pass a scheme of arrangement. So during the scheme, the group has been negotiating the terms of restructuring deal with its note holders. Uh, Bianca, what's happened on that front? Yes, so on the day of the first hearing on the 4th of February, an ad hoc group of note holders holding around 47% of the notes submitted a counter-proposal to the company. The negotiations pushed the early bird deadline from March 4 to March 19 and then to April 14. However, 
On April 6th, the group announced it was canceling the scheme as an agreement with the ad hoc group could not be reached. The two parties could not agree over the pricing of the new bond to be issued under the refinancing deal and on the use of proceeds from the sale of Port Agdenis. Holders felt that the pricing of the new bond at 6.5 was too low for a distressed exchange and asked for a coupon to be at least in line with the existing notes of around 8%. The holders also asked for a non-call protection with prepayment penalties and th they felt that the covenants under the plan were too flexible. The bondholders asked for a portion of the proceeds from the sale of Port Dennis to be held in an escrow account for the payment of note coupons and to protect the holders in the event the business did not recover from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. The holders also did not want the proceeds of the sale to be used to tender the notes in order to preserve cash in the business. GPH rejected the counter proposal. The ad hoc group then amended its plan and asked for a sliding scale of pick and cash coupon, which started at around 9% and then decreased over time. GPH, however, thought that the yield under this proposal was too high and therefore stopped the negotiations with the ad hoc group. Okay, and after the scheme collapsed and the negotiations ended, what did the company do next? Shortly after the group cancelled the scheme, it launched a tender process for up to $75 million of the notes at a price of 70 to 100. The deadline for the tender was extended from April 13 to April 16, but the group was still not able to achieve the full tender amount and bought back only $44.7 million of the notes at 89.9. $200 million of the notes remain outstanding. After the tender, the notes climbed to the 88.90 range. The group said in its tender announcement that it is in the advanced stages of securing additional liquidity, which if received would be used to redeem the remaining notes. However, the group did not disclose where this liquidity is coming from. The group had $99.5 million of cash at the end of 2020. Okay, so what are GPH's options now? Where could this liquidity come from? Well, sources close say the group has the option to either raise a new bond in the market ahead of the bond's maturity, or as a last resort, the group's largest shareholder, Global Investment Holding, may also inject some cash into the business. At the moment, however, where the group will end up is unclear. The group had said that it may choose to pursue a local process in Turkey to implement a restructuring, but Turkish restructuring processes are relatively untested and don't have the same efficiencies as, for example, the English scheme. This means it could potentially be value destructive for creditors. The Turkish insolvency regime includes a concordato procedure, which can be commenced by creditors or debtors. However, Reorg has not seen a large-scale Turkish restructuring of bonds in recent times. So if GPH does choose this route, it would be potentially precedent-setting. Interested listeners can read more about GPH on the Reorg website, reorg.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another Reorg Europe podcast, but until then, stay safe and thank you very much for listening.